It's time for JT the Brick. So what do we want to talk about with the Raiders? With the seventh pick, the Las Vegas Raiders select. It's a big moment for this organization since they moved to Las Vegas. The first four or five picks have to be electric. They have to be great Raider players who are starters, not developmental guys with parking on the practice squad. We're done with that. We have no room for failure. JT the Brick. Oh, a reminder, I want to go all defense. 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 I want to go all defense because the Raiders are loaded on offense, absolutely loaded, and then their defense is vastly improved because of the draft. That's my perfect scenario. So that's what our programming is going to be like as the flagship of the Raiders over the next couple of weeks is the draft. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose, and that's it. Are you with me on that? And now, just win, baby. Here's JT the Brick. All right, everybody, welcome back. Hour number two of the show. It's the countdown to the NFL draft on the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio. Thanks for listening, and I hope you keep it here and don't turn it and just leave it here, and we'll have that coverage all day tomorrow. Uh, Q is out in Kansas City, which is really exciting for him. He's got a big, big show coming up right after me. A whole bunch of players, insiders are all on the ground in Kansas City. So that's going to be a big show tomorrow. Eric Allen and myself, Lincoln Kennedy, 3 to 5 from the Raiders. That'll kick it off on Thursday. Then Friday we'll go 2 to 4 p.m. and do that before I have an event at M Resort. Spawn Casino, we thank M for everything they do with our alumni, everything that M does with us year-round. When we do once a Raider, always a Raider, we interview all the alumni for the Silver and Black. It's all about the M Resort Spawn Casino. They have a Golden Knights bar in there now, which is off the hook. You're looking for a place to watch the draft and the Knights? Really good location there, and obviously the Raiders Tavern and Grill will be a fantastic spot to watch that as a lot of wink-wink Raider alumni are in town at M Resort Spa and Casino. That's the official hotel of the Silver and Black. Welcome back into the show. Russell Baxter will join us right now. He'll join us, the football guru, formerly of ESPN, and he has his own blogs and great information. He's really strong on the draft. I have my father-son draft. I did it with both my sons. I have the Raiders at number seven, taking Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois. If they get Christian Gonzalez... Fine with that out of Oregon. If they move up and get a quarterback, okay, better be good. That better be something strong if they're able to do that. So let's see how this plays out. Whatever they want to do, they've thought it out. They're established. The Raiders know they can go up. They can go back. They can stay right where they are. Russell Baxter joins us. What a great insider he is. Thrilled to have him 24 hours before the draft. And all the work, explain to everyone, Russell, back in the day when you were with ESPN, the work you did around the draft. We know the Hall of Fame. But the draft was really important, and it seems to have gotten much bigger with this Thursday night only first round. Oh, yeah. The the, the way this has evolved, JT, is just amazing. And, you know, I I, I said even before I – um, work there. I had an inter- I'll tell you a real quick personal story. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with life. I knew eventually I might be doing some writing and so on. Had some odd jobs. Used to play hooky every year on a Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Suddenly developed a weird virus. Simultaneously, the NFL draft was on ESPN and I found it. Um, played hooky for three straight years from one of my jobs. <laughs> And in 1991, I wound up working on the draft for 20-plus years. 
So, so what, what was it like? I'm not work- encouraging people to call <laughs> out sick. Don't get me wrong. So, but it worked. What was it? Give me some memories on the birth of Mel Kiper, your relationship with Chris Berman, the other talent that they brought in and brought out. All those years, you providing research behind the scenes. And how quickly it moved, because it wasn't the first round on Thursday. The draft started, and it was a long road. What would you learn about that, being in that hot seat where you had to really come up with information quickly? Well, I was, you know, one of the, George was one of the people who helped get me to ESPN was a name that I know you know, a guy named Howie Schwab. Mm -hmm. Um, And Howie hired me in uh, July of 87 to work on a paper called College and Pro Football Newsweekly in Long Island. Um, years later, he helped recommend me come up to ESPN. And for years, Howie and I sat together front and center, you know, right in front of the set with, with Chris and Mel and, uh, depending on who they had that year and so on. Um, uh, one year we had Jimmy Johnson working with us, which was a fascinating set of meetings and so on. Um, Tory Holt one year, um, uh, you know, just it, 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 John Gruden obviously mm-hmm. was there as well. Um, it was it was such a great ride doing that, and you really entrenched yourself into four months of getting ready for the draft. Now, my role was more the historical and statistical data in terms of uh, you know where a team ranked, uh, and so what they're. I wasn't so much evaluating players. That was Mel, and eventually Todd McShay as well. Howie was a, an encyclopedia of everything. Uh, especially college football. So our talents really work together well. And, um, you know, between the two of us, you know, we sat there and put the stuff on cards and how he had cards already prepared and, you know, whatever, you know, popped into my head and so on. I was responsible for a lot of the NFL graphics uh, and so on. Um, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing it for 20 years. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that thing grew and grew and grew. The first year I did for ESPN, Right. Uh, JT, it was still at the Marriott Marquis mm-hmm. in 1991. And then eventually it moved to MSG, Madison Square Garden in 1995. Um, and then eventually uh, one year at the Jacob Javits Center, uh, then at Radio City. Radio City. And now it's kind of the traveling road show. Yeah, it is a traveling road show. Russell Baxter joins us, great insider. All right, what do you think about the theory of trading up or trading back in general? And everybody's got a war room and it changes quickly. Once the GM says, we're moving back, or we got to move up, they prepare this, they rehearse it. Do you sense we're going into one of those type of drafts with Bryce Young going one, but there's questions at number two with C.J. Stroud. Arizona could move out of three with Will Anderson. There's Anthony Richardson looming. Jalen Carter, who could have been the best player in the draft, he could drop to Seattle. So what are you sensing from talking to your sources what the chaos could look like early in this draft? Well, listen, there are teams who have definitive quarterback needs, okay? Um, you know, Carolina is, is apparently zeroed in on someone. They've made a definitive decision, so there's not going to be any suspense there. You can't tell what Houston's really thinking. Um, they obviously need better quarterback play. They obviously need a lot of help on their defense as well, especially against the run. The, the thing that stands out to me, JT, about the Texans, first off, them and the Raiders have the most picks going into tomorrow night, they both have 12 picks. And the Texans, they have D'Amico Ryans as their head coach, former Texans linebacker, as a matter of fact, and a good one as well. And there's such a, there seems to be excitement there because it seems like a lot of the free agents they brought in were anxious to go 
to Houston. I think they wanted to play for D'Amico Ryan. So you combine that excitement with all those picks. But are they smokescreen? I mean, there's been talk about, uh, you know, getting a pass rusher, getting somebody on defense. Arizona, to me, is the wild card, JT, because I understand they have Kyler Murray, but they're not going to have Kyler Murray in September. And I'm not a doctor, and I didn't play one on TV, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night. <laughs> but I'm not sure when we're going to see Kyler Murray coming off a, a, an ACL injury in December, not you know beginning of last year and so on. And the Colts, well, Chris Ballard has been the GM there since 2017. He has had a different starting week one quarterback every year he's been there. And that will not change because Matt Ryan's no longer with the organization. Will they go up and get a quarterback? Could another team like the Raiders who have all those picks, could they grab somebody for the future? I mean, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo has a track record of success. He also has a track record of injuries as well. So I think the top of the, of the draft is going to be dominant. I'm not saying all first four picks or all first three picks are going to be dominated by quarterbacks, but it happens to be that those, teams up there are certainly looking at help at that position. Russell Baxter, as we wrap it up, you know, I'm looking for the Raiders to go corner. I have Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez. Uh, historically, I mean, I'm not talking about Deion Sanders or one of the all-time greats, but a lot of teams don't like to grab corners early. They like to say, hey, man, they could get one later in the draft, second or third round. We hear that now about running backs. Why get one early when you can get them later on in the draft. But the elite ones, you want to get the elite ones. That's why these two corners might go in the top eight because they're not just guys. They're really good players there. Talk about that position in general, the cornerback, and how important it is to nail that to even help the pass rush to get home because of their sticky coverage. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, this has been a, this has been a league where – um, throwing the football has become more and more prevalent last year. We finally had a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes last year. He's the first player to lead the league in passing yards and win the Super Bowl the same year. Um, on the other hand, we saw a revival of the running game last year. Josh Jacobs led the league in, in rushing. Um, he's franchised right now. There's a, like three guys, including Tony Pollard, who already signed his uh, tender that were franchised this year. Saquon Barkley's another one as well. So, but cornerback is tough. And in this day and age, you've got to be very, very versatile. You've got to be able to force the run. Okay. You need that pass rush to help you and so on. So uh, to me, I think about the Raiders and corner would be great, but I think more specifically, JT, they have to use the crux of this draft on defense. They have been trying to fix their defense with string and super glue uh, last year, they invested a lot of money into Chandler Jones, mm-hmm. except for the you know the crazy play against the Patriots. He was a huge disappointment for them. I know they have Max Crosby, but this team has been subpar on defense for more than a decade. You have to go back, I think, to 2012, the last time they were, or even further than that, that they were top 10 um, in terms of giving up yards and so on. So 12 picks, do they move up? Let's say they stand pat and draft 12 players. I would hope at least eight of them were on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, wow. Russell Baxter, you hear that, everybody? Eight out of 12 on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Last one going forward here. When a team wins the Super Bowl like Kansas City or gets there like Philadelphia, what have you experienced over the years on how to just keep the team stable? Because 
we're a good example here in Vegas and other teams that they just want to get to the playoffs and then stay there. What have you seen with New England, Kansas City, recently Howie Roseman in Philadelphia, how they use the draft, light free agency. These are the teams that don't go crazy, spending all that money in free agency and bury the team's roster financially, and they do it through the draft. Talk about your history with that, analyzing that. Yeah, I mean, Howie Roseman is actually a great example of how to use free agency. You don't rebuild a team, JT, through free agency. You address specific areas. You make smart moves. I mean, think about it. They were in the Super Bowl last year. They have the Saints pick in the first round, which is a 10, and number 10. They don't have a lot of picks, but they do have the 10th overall pick. Remember last year, they really kind of only made two moves. They got Hassan Reddick, the pass rusher, mm-hmm. who was magnificent for them. They got A.J. Brown, the wide receiver, in a trade with the Titans. They almost stole him. In fact, I think it cost John Robinson his job in Tennessee when it was all said and done, the general manager there. They have a new general manager with the Titans and so on. So, it, you know, all those years when Bill Polian was in Buffalo and they were picking next to last because they were in the Super Bowl every year, and he still managed the stockpile. I think there's one thing I've always stressed when talking about the draft. Mm-hmm. It's not where you pick. It's who's doing the picking. And that's why you guys have like Bill Polian and Ron Wolf and some of these great mm. executives who just have an eye for talent and know how to play the game, for lack of a better word. Fantastic hit. Russell Baxter at BAX Football Guru. If you're following the draft, you follow him. He'll give you the information you need. Good to talk to you, my friend. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. You got it, sir. You got it, Russell Baxter, an architect of the draft, the research and the coverage. And I like to put on guys like that. Big background in the Hall of Fame. Do you hear what he said at the end, Bobby? It's not the picks, it's who's picking. Very important point. Hit me like a laser through my chest when he said that. I like all the guys who picked for this team. Mike Mayock, Reggie McKenzie. Very, I was really tight with Reggie. And every time I saw Reggie hug, dap on the sideline, Reggie made some really good picks. Mike Mayock came in, qualified. They said, oh, Mike was on TV. What did Mike know? Well, Mike was on TV anchoring the draft at the table. He was scouting players. He was at the combine. He wasn't making this up. Mike Mayock didn't get the job because he didn't know what he was doing. He had a really big, long background. He for, former player and draft analyst. Okay? Well, it's like Daniel Jeremiah. If he was a GM five years ago, would I be shocked? No. I wouldn't be shocked. But Dave Ziegler came up through scouting and grinding up through Denver and New England, and he saw success. What I'm counting on with Dave Ziegler, this is just me, is that he's in the room and he's very poised. If you've talked to him and met him, very poised guy. Okay, he's not loud, hands in the air, you know, this and that. He is, he's going to look at this thing, and he is living and breathing this all the time. So if something pivots quickly, he's not going to be, grab the phone, oh, my God, call the owner. Now the owner's going to be right there. Owner's got confidence he's going to get it right, and he'll make the pick. And then whatever he decides to do, we'll back him, because I think that's what you do here around here. You back the team. You want the team to do well. If they do something really bizarre outside the box, open to criticism, It'll be open to criticism, so we'll see. We're not here to predict, but I'm pretty sure you should all be able to predict the first pick, and that's what we're trying to do today. We're not taking calls tomorrow inside the building, so to that last call to get in at 702-365-9200. Aaron Rodgers met the media earlier today with the Jets. Big moment in NFL history for all his years in Green Bay. This is a small portion of the Aaron Rodgers press conference. Say thank you to Christopher and Woody for bringing me here. Um, obviously, Coach Sala, 
Joe Douglas, my agent, Dave Dunn. Um, this is a surreal day for me. After spending 18 years in the same city, it's been a lot of uh, introductions today and meeting a lot of people, but there's a lot of excitement. Um, I'm here because I believe, this, I believe in this team. I believe in Kosala. I believe in the direction uh, of Joe Douglas. Obviously, he's drafted really well the last couple of years, having the uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Um, but big thanks to the Jets organization. Obviously, a big thanks to the Green Bay Pack organization for an incredible run. Uh, that chapter is over now, and I'm excited about the new adventure here in New York. So I'll open up to questions now. Okay. You can raise your hand. We'll get you. Right here. Hi, Aaron. Welcome. Congratulations. Tina Servastio from Fox 5 New York. So you mentioned the draft just now, and you believe in the direction that Joe Douglas is taking the team. But what really attracted you to make you start thinking that the New York Jets would be the next team you would play for? Well, they smoked us last year, so I knew they had a good team. <laughs> uh, we got to practice against them a couple years ago, and I got to get to know Robert a little bit more. And I've always loved what he's all about. We played him in San Fran a, a few times, and mostly they got the best of us. Um, but I liked the way that he was leading, his coaching style. Um, a big reason I'm here, uh, i got to mention, is Nathaniel Hackett, who's here. Uh, Hackett and I became really close friends for three, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, three years in, in Green Bay. And I love him like a brother. And I believe in him. And I'm uh, really happy to be back working with him again. Obviously, Joe has got a great track record so far of drafting some incredible players. Uh, but it takes a system. And obviously, Robert has the, uh, the right sauce, so I'm excited about getting to work with him and Brick and uh, Mark Kwan, former teammate of mine. And uh, it's a great staff. But you know, I'm an, old, I'm an old guy, so I want to be a part of a team that can win it all. And I believe that this is uh, a place we can get that done. Over here, Rich. Hi, Aaron. Rich Salini, ESPN. It's been about six Hi, weeks. Hey, it's been about six weeks since you said on McAfee that you wanted to play for the Jets. So I'm just curious, what was it like? This process lasted a, a pretty long time, longer than people expected. What was it like for you waiting the six weeks? And was there any point where you thought maybe that this trade would not happen? And when did you, did you know for sure that you were going to be a Jet? Not, I mean, not really. I believe it was going to happen the entire time. Just a matter of, uh, I think, waiting each other out. Uh, my intention coming out of the darkness was to pursue uh, this opportunity. And I enjoyed the meeting uh, with, you know, Woody and Christopher came out, these two guys, Hack, Jaime, and I just got a great feel with uh, all those guys about the possibility. And as I leaned into it, uh, getting back into some more strenuous workouts, um, I just really believed that this was where I was supposed to be. Um, a lot of things had to come together, and I, I believe there was some major synchronization to make this happen. Um, but I'm excited about the opportunity here. I always believed this was uh, possible. And things moved pretty quickly on Monday. And, and thankfully, I'm here now. Bruce. Aaron, Bruce Beck, NBC4 New York. Hey, Bruce. Welcome. Thank you. How driven are you to win for this fan base, which hasn't been to the playoffs since 2010, the longest stretch in professional sports for the four different leagues right now. I mean, it's, it's exciting. The Jets have an incredible, passionate fan base. I saw that last year at Lambeau. Obviously, 
you know, about Fireman Ed and, and uh, uh, you know, his passion for the team. Uh, I think that's an exciting draw to this as well as being a part of something special. I grew up watching old VHS tapes of, uh, of the Super Bowls. And so obviously I know about the guarantee and, and Broadway Joe. Been a while since then. I noticed uh, walking in this morning that that uh, Super Bowl three trophy is looking a little lonely, so. Right. Hi, Aaron. Uh, Brian Costello, New York Brian. Post. In your view, is this, you're here for 2023 and then we'll see what happens, or do you view this as more than a one-year thing right now? Yeah, right now I'm just gonna focus on this season. And uh, I'm excited about being here. I expect to be here uh, for the duration of the off season. And I'm excited to get, to get to know my new teammates and the coaching staff and the organization. And, and obviously I have a background with Coach Hackett and that offense, but um, I'm excited about just diving in and being a part of uh, this group and getting to know some of the names of uh, my teammates. And also I'm excited about working with all you guys. I've heard a lot about the New York media and excited to see what that's all about. Uh, Matt Schneidman, The Athletic. Hi, Matt. Hi, Aaron. Um, so you obviously said with Pat and AJ that you would have liked more direct communication about moving on from you. Then Brian comes out and says, we tried to. He just didn't respond. How, what actually happened this offseason between the two sides that led us to where we are now? Well, I mean, I don't know if I need to really get into the specifics. Um, I will say people that know me, uh, I'm fortunate to live in a, in a beautiful house. The only downside is I have very limited cell service. So if you want to get a hold of me, I have to see your face. You got to FaceTime me. Uh, so the only response to, to the communication thing is there's you know records in your phone about who called you, when, FaceTime, and there wasn't any specific FaceTimes from any of those numbers that I was looking at. Um, that's neither here nor there because we're now we're at this position. Um, obviously, that's somehow you know what. Uh, the direction they wanted to go as far as they couldn't, the story, they couldn't get a hold of me, which led for this to, to be the case. My point was if, if there was a change that wanted to be made, uh, why wasn't that told to me early in the off season? Now, obviously my future was undecided at that time. I didn't know if I wanted to keep playing. I wanted to go into my darkness retreat and, and sit with it and contemplate. Um, but when I came out, it was evident that uh, it was uh, retire or move on to a new team. Good, right here. Aaron, Joe Masiri, Pix11, over here. Hi. Hi. Um, you mentioned thinking about retirement. I believe you said at one point it was like 90%. Yeah. So how much about it was the Jets specifically and what they had to offer? Was it the Jets or retirement? And how much are you motivated by the fact that Green Bay maybe wanted to move on or was ready to move on going into this season? I mean, not really motivated by that, honestly. I, I'm, I'm very self-motivated, and I can find different ways to get that extra little inspiration all the time. Uh, it's When you get older, it's fun to, uh, to go out and prove it each year that you can still do it, and that's enough motivation, I think, that I need. Um, but this was a big draw because of the people you see on stage here, obviously Coach Hackett, um, the opportunity to be a part of a city that's hungry. That, that's a, a team, an incredible fan base that's hungry to win again. Uh, 12 years without the playoff, uh, not, you know, Super Bowl wins and Super Bowl three. It's been a long time. So the opportunity to be a part of something special here, uh, it's different. You know, it's similar to Green Bay in that way. When you win in a city like Green Bay, well, I assume 
for a team like the New York Jets, you go down in history, and there's something special about adding that to your legacy. All right, I'm impressed. That's Aaron Rodgers' press conference, a little over five minutes of it. Earlier today, he completely disarmed the New York fame media there, saying hi to everyone, right back, hey, Aaron, hey, hi, how are you? Very calm, very slow, not taking real personal shots, trying to start from scratch. It's a big deal. My brother-in-law is a diehard Jet fan. He married my sister, and he's on Texas with me. They're, go- they're, high- they're, they're, they're very excited back there. They should be. They should be. They got a chance now. They have a chance. They have a chance to be a playoff team and win playoff games with Aaron Rodgers. And he goes out of Green Bay. You don't have to spend your whole life in Green Bay. There's only a few players. Michael Jordan played with the Wizards. Shaq played with everybody at the end. Barkley played with everyone. Durant's playing with everyone. You know, John Elway, it'd be nice you could play with one team. With the money he's making, with the money he's making, guaranteed to live a year or two in New York City, probably in Manhattan, in some multi-million dollar apartment, not a bad thing for a single guy in New York. He's going to have a pretty good time there. But the media will be hard on him. He better win. Uh, Steve Cohen joins us from NFL Radio. His knowledge of the history of the Raiders and the Raiders now is pretty good. Behind the scenes of Sirius XM, programming NFL Radio, and he wanted to come on and talk Raiders. And I asked him to come on. I'm excited about this conversation. It'll be a good one coming up next. I think the priority is is finding one someone that's going to have an impact. You know, you want to find a starting level player at that spot. There, there's no doubt about that. And and I think along with that, you want to find a player um, that fits um, one, um, hopefully fits a need that you have. Right. I mean, you're going. We're going to look at the best available players, but we also have a lot of places on this team where we can add competition and we can add play, people that can help our roster. Um, and we want to find a player that fits our what we look for in a Raiders player. We want to find someone that has a passion for football. We want to find someone that. Um, you know, is, is someone that um, has some upside, that has some explosiveness to their game, um, that, that, can, that can impact the game in a positive way, and that's going to fit our organization, I'd say, and have a positive impact on the organization as a person, too. Um, so those are some of the things that, you know, we'll be dialed in on. All right, JT, back with you as we continue on. I've been looking forward to this conversation. That was Dave Ziegler. We'll be anchoring the draft from the Raiders tomorrow. Senior Vice President of Sports Programming for SiriusXM, Mad Dog Sports Radio. Uh, one of the very few mentors I've had in my career, and now you hear him on NFL Radio. Steve Cohen joins us. Steve, ahead of the Raider draft. How are you, my friend? Hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. Hey, JT, funny story. I'm Ken City for the draft. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go downstairs, grab a cup of coffee before I pop on with, with JT. <clears throat> and I see this guy walk out with a Raider shirt on. I'm like, really? A Raider polo? Wow. <laughs> and it's the bartender, right? So I grab a cup of coffee. I go over to talk to him. I was like, hey, Raider fan? Kansas City? He's like, yeah, I'm one of the few. I moved out here three years ago from L.A. where I became a Raider fan. And, and we just started talking. And, and I'm like, so, so, so who do you want? You know, what What are you thinking with the draft? You know, and he goes through a few players, position players. And I said to him, I was like, what do you think of Hendon Hooker? He's like, oh, I love Hendon Hooker. I'd love for the Raiders <laughs> to draft him. And I'm like, yeah, I said, that's kind of the guy I want as well. But we have a lot of needs. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I thought, you know, 
you and I are about the same age, growing up, you know, watching the old battles between LaMonica and Dawson and Hadel and, and all those great guys. Um, being in Kansas City to, to, to find a, a needle in a haystack or Raider fan at my hotel, the bartender who I will be visiting later tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that was great. That was great. <laughs> Steve Cohen joins us live from Kansas City. This is interesting. All the times we spent at the Super Bowl and texting around the draft, you're very passionate about the Raiders. And I want to start off and get this out of the way with the mistakes that were made in the recent drafts. Mayock had good intention. We both know Gruden a long time. Now it's a new regime, but those bad early picks, Arnett, Clee Farrell, Leatherwood, really put this organization back, Steve, where they had to deconstruct the roster last year while the season was in progress, coming off a playoff appearance. How'd you see it the last year or two, and how do you believe the Raiders can correct that? Well, listen... We go way back to when they destroyed the team by taking Jamarcus Russell instead of Calvin Johnson with the first pick of the draft. So that set us back. Um, but, but I mean, that's the thing you and I have talked about and I've, I've felt is the team has, has just gotten worse in, in terms of the talent that, that we've seen, the Ornettes of the world and these corners that they've gone after. Nate Hobbs turned into a nice player. I, mm-hmm. like, I like him a lot. But but we sit here and and we look at you know the ferals over you know I wanted I wanted White so badly uh, mm-hmm. who went to the Buccaneers and and Jones who uh, ended up you know going to um, to Jacksonville and and I just I was scratching my head because I like Cleveland as a player um, coming out of Clemson but it just wasn't the right fit and now he'll he'll uh, you know continue his career. Uh, at, in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but but listen, this the twelve picks we have in this draft. This is where you strengthen your team, and and it's been a real tough go in terms of not adding, you know, to the Crosbys and the Jacobs and and some of the good players that we've been able to draft over the years. And 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 you and I talk about. It. Listen, I wanted C.D. Lamb so badly, and they took rugs. I wanted Murray the. the the linebacker out of Oklahoma. Now I got to watch him tackle Raiders twice a year as a charger. So it's just frustrating. And, and by the way, talk linebackers, will the Raiders ever draft another linebacker? I mean, at least uh, in the first two days of the draft, mm-hmm. I don't know, but they, they sure could use not just one, but at least two. Steve Cohen's our guest, Sirius XM. So, Steve, this is really important because of your history back east with WFAN, Parcells, Charlie Weiss, who you're working with now. And you know what's going on with Raider fans. They're sitting here. They can't embrace Josh McDaniels yet because of the Patriots. Dave Ziegler with the Patriots. And I'm trying to get them off that. I'm trying to say they won six Super Bowls, you know, especially McDaniels and what he was able to do. They had some smarts inside the war room. Now let's go to this draft at number seven. I'd like to stay there and take the corner with a Spooner Gonzalez. But more and more I see now the ability of C.J. Stroud to drop. If he drops past five in Jalen Carter, what do you think Dave Ziegler does here? Because the quarterback could be there without them reaching for it. Well, I like C.J., but I agree with you. We need, uh, we need a shutdown corner, right? Witherspoon, I'd be elated if they took him at, at, at number seven. We'd also like Gonzalez at number seven. Not gonna, listen, we have so many needs. You're not going to get any complaints out of me. If, if they get a, you know, a right tackle, if they get a starting cornerback, we just have so many needs. But yes, Stroud dropping um, to the Raiders. See, that's going to be interesting because 
the plan is to play Jimmy this year, mm-hmm. right? And if you take CJ, that affects that plan if Jimmy can stay healthy uh, for a 17-game schedule. That's why I like Hendon Hooker. If you're asking me what mm-hmm. which quarterback I want the Raiders to take, it would be Hooker. Now, I don't know if they'd take him at seven. I don't know if they'd trade back, pick up a, a draft pick or two to get him. But, but he's the guy... If I were looking to draft a quarterback in this draft uh, on the first two days of the draft, he's the guy. And then I go to other, you know, other projects like like Duggan um, at at TCU uh, to see if he can develop probably a day three pick there for Duggan. Yeah, Steve Cohen's our guest. Great that we can have him on as he's in Kansas City. Steve, I just want to go corner with the first pick at seven, and I want to trade back in and get a defensive tackle. I think if the Raiders can come out of day one with two defensive starters, I'm all about the starters being around here for 25 years. I want to see starters, not developmental players. Now, you want to develop players, and that's what the Patriot way was about. Get guys in the building, groom them, put them on special teams, develop them. You make them starters. They're there. You sign them to the right type of contract. The next thing you know, of course, you got Brady and a couple of stars, but they understood how to develop players. Here, I think what Patrick Graham, what Josh McDaniels wants to do with Dave Ziegler is do it the right way. You know Dave Ziegler a little bit. He doesn't want to spend money in free agency every year. He doesn't want to go out and get five free agents. He wants to hold on to that money and build through the draft. So what's the upside here with everything they have on offense? I think they're borderline loaded with Devontae, Josh Jacobs, what they have at slot with Jacoby Myers. If Hunter's here, they're good. But how many starters do you think they could get on defense to really shut up all these critics and pundits who said Denver the last two years was going to the Super Bowl? Obviously, Kansas City's a better team, but how can they flip it quickly on defense? Well, you talk about players dropping. What if Jalen Carter drops? Do you take him, put him right in the middle of the defense? Um, There are also other, you know, edge guys that you can go after. Lucas Van Ness, love him out of out of Iowa. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of good players there. Now Chandler Jones, you know, he's coming off, uh, you know, the lowest sack total he's had since 2014. Um, and a lot of people feel that, well, they just didn't have enough at defensive end to, to give him the rest. I think he played the thir- third most snaps of any defensive player um, on, on the Raiders team. And by the way, there's only one Max Crosby and he'll give, <laughs> he yeah. doesn't come out of the game. So, so I, I get that. But again, we talk about so many needs. Yeah, another defensive tackle um, would be great. Hey, listen, I look at the guys the Raiders have signed in the offseason, and they're a bunch of, well, we'll see. Well, we'll see. There's nobody that they they threw a lot of money at from that standpoint. Now you go to the offensive side, you're looking at Austin Hooper. I'm not expecting anything from O.J. Howard, all right? If you can't make an impact in Houston, uh, you know, after not making it, ha- you couldn't make an impact with the Buccaneers mm-hmm. when they needed him so desperately. So I don't know why they brought him in. But, you know, w- w- with all that said, I like the way you're thinking in terms of defense because I think we're in good shape on the offensive side of the football, except for right tackle, which we need to improve uh, that position. So I'd like to see them load up on defense. But if there was one offensive player that I'd like to see them end up with in this draft, it's Hendon Hooker wow. because I think he can be the future. I think he's the second-best quarterback in this draft, especially if he didn't suffer that ACL. Folks, just put on the tape of Alabama, 
Tennessee, and tell me I'm wrong. Wrapping it up with Steve Cohen, in your career as a programmer and working with talent, what do you think when Vegas became a reality? Now we have F1, we have the Super Bowl coming, you know from all your connections with college hoops and the Final Four coming here, the fights, UFC and all that. When Mark Davis finally made the move and Carson shut down back to Oakland, you were there. Programming and owners' meetings, Super Bowls, and all that, and been a Raider fan for a long time. Your vision now of Vegas and what Vegas can do with this football team as the team grows with revenue and status in the league, and what Vegas can look like five, ten years from now, Steve? Uh, I think it's amazing. I give Mark so much credit for what he's done with the Raiders from the stadium, of course, to that facility, which I visited last year before the draft. And I, I just, my jaw was wide open walking through that facility. It's exactly what, what this great team needs in, in terms of, you know, for their training, for their practicing, everything that goes into building a winner. And then of course you play on a superb, superb surface uh, at Allegiant. So um, I think it's a wonderful sports town. Uh, hopefully the A's get there and then you have a baseball team as well it's a, you know the vegas knights it's just a, it's a, in the aces let's not forget the champion aces mm-hmm. it's just an amazing sports town and my gosh jt we've come so far in terms of the sports leagues finally embracing um vegas i mean i was one of the first writers to write fantasy on nfl.com and i remember uh-huh. how difficult it was back there they didn't want the players to get involved and but now between gambling and fantasy and the professional sports teams that are now in Vegas, I just think it's wonderful. I think it's, it's, it's an amazing city uh, for, for both the fans to embrace the sports teams and for the athletes to live there and, and embrace the city. I just think it's amazing, and, and, and I'm thrilled to see um, what, what it's come to. And then, and then next thing you know, here comes the Super Bowl in, yeah. in Las Vegas, and can't wait for that. I can't wait to hear more of you on the radio. Fantastic job on NFL radio. And I want to say this to my entire audience. Thanks for having my back and everything you've done for me and my career and just being there to talk to when different chapters were coming and foreseen in front of me. I really appreciate our friendship, what we do on and off the air. And have a great time in Kansas City and go back to that bartender and you buy him whatever he wants on JT. I'll pick up that one for all you've done for me, all right? Uh, you're, you're the best. I've always been a huge fan of yours. You're the pro's pro. You do it right with passion, with insight, with knowledge. Uh, and, and, and Raider fans, you should be thrilled to have JT in, in your fair city talking silver and black as often as he does. Thanks, Steve. Take care. Safe travels. Hi, JT. Thanks. Steve Cohen, Sirius XM, and nice to talk to him. Uh, You know, I'll just tell you about Steve quickly. Steve and his arc as a programmer and one of the most influential people in sports talk radio, he is. And now he's kind of venturing off into the talent side. He's doing some radio on NFL radio, and he's a diehard Raider fan. And he's critical when he needs to be, and he's optimistic. So after every game, we're texting. I'm shooting him an email, working for him on another channel and all of that, but... When my career was really humming along, humming along, and I think it's never been humming more than it is now, at Fox. And I was at Fox for 17 and a half years, and that ended. And it didn't end for anything bad. It just the deal was up after 17 and a half years. Steve was coming up to me at every Super Bowl. Every Super Bowl, he'd cut away time. We'd have a drink and go, when can I hire you? When, when can I hire you? And I'd say, I'm not available. I'm here. I'm here at Fox. It's going pretty well. I don't want to leave. And he says, well, when that time comes, the day it happened, the day it happened, my deal was over. 
He was the first guy to call me, and he hired me. He says, hey, I don't know what I have for you. We'll do weekends. You can do fill-in stuff, this or that. And now it's been years now that I've been on SiriusXM because of that guy having my back and doing something that program directors do not do and young people in the radio business don't understand. He lived up to his word. He said, I don't know when we're going to work together, but when you're ready, just call me and we're good to go. I have a seat for you. And he gave me that seat. Really important moment with that interview because I have to thank him for what he's done for me at different stages of my career, just as a mentor, friend, someone to talk to in radio, and now to interview him as he's at the draft uh, trying out something new in his career that he's going to be really, really good at. And the Raiders better get it right because he's a Raider fan that has a voice on NFL radio, and he'll see, he'll see this draft up close, and hopefully the Raiders nail it. 702-365-9200 as we wrap it up on the other side. Final chance to get your pick in. Hendon Hooker. Isn't Hardcore Raider calling us every day on Hendon Hooker? I'm trying to calm him down, and then my boss comes in and goes, the one guy wants is Hendon Hooker. How about that? Maybe there's something to that. Whoa, Hendon Hooker? I'll know where I heard it. There's obviously, we felt like we probably needed to add a, a quantity of, of players relative to either starters or depth. Um, and the tricky part is going in and, you know, base, based on the market of certain positions, um, it was going to be tougher to, you know, maybe address, you know, position A and then you can't really do much else, you know what I mean, because of the cost of it. So. Um, tried to weigh all those options out and see what made the most sense. Felt like with, you know, Marcus and Robert and Brandon, you know, we, we might have been able to get three starters at different levels of the defense there with a corner, a linebacker, a safety. Um, and then, you know, trying to get a, a couple guys back from our team that I think one of the things that's lost a little bit sometimes is you know, your ability to, to continue working with somebody is sometimes overlooked, you know, in terms of their overall development and impact on the team. Josh McDaniels, as he gets ready for this draft, along with Dave Ziegler, they got to thread the needle. They got to nail it. No sugarcoat, Nat. You haven't heard that from me. They got to get it right. Got to get this thing right. It's got to be big time. Go big, go big time, do what you want to do. But get the players in here who can flip the defense because I think the offense is pretty good. Of course they're going to get an offensive player or two in the draft. Of course they might get a tight end. They might get a tackle. We know that. But what about making this draft a memorable draft that the Raiders could look back on five years from now and go, remember when they got these two guys who went to Pro Bowls and were the best at their position? They have the ability to do that. They have to do it. It's here. My father and son mock draft. I just tweeted it out. I need a favor. I need a retweet. I need you to follow it. Uh, get it out there. I love doing this. My sons and I put together our first round at JT the Brick. Just go to my Twitter, uh, like the page, do whatever you want to do. I lost my blue check mark, like Tom Cruise and everybody. They took it away. I didn't beg for it. I didn't pay for it. So I'd like to get this thing to go a little bit viral. I don't ask for anything. I don't ask for anything. Just give this a retweet. Go take a look at it. Did it with my sons. It's right there now. It just got released at uh, my at my Twitter page, at JT the Brick. It's the father and son's mock draft that's out there now. Jay in Vegas, you're up next. What's going on, Jay? 
Hey, what's up, JT? Thanks for taking my call, man. Thank you. Uh, I want to piggyback on what you just said, man. And, and, and I'm of this mindset, man. This is Dave Ziegler's uh, defining moment. I think this is going to be the defining moment. Um, he's got a full draft, 12 picks. He's got the you know artillery to move up and down wherever he needs to in the first round. And really, man, this is going to be his first true draft, uh, you know, where he has all the plethora of picks. And I'm really encouraged. I think I think he's gonna. I, I feel confident. I don't actually feel nervous. I feel excited for tomorrow because I think he has uh, upstairs what it takes uh, to make this team better. Uh, that being said, man, Steve Cohen sold. Let's trade up for number two, man. Get Hendon Hooker. I'm playing JT. Yeah, playing. I, I know you're I'm playing. playing on that. <laughs> I know, but look, Hendon Hooker might end up being. He might end up being the guy. If again, if Hendon Hooker's the quarterback trading back. Trading back, I, I wouldn't lose my mind over it, but I'm not a Hendon Hooker guy for that way. I want to go all defense. I'm not going to be ashamed if I'm wrong with my draft. I, Bobby and I were just talking about this. If my draft, the last two years in a row, my first round, my first round was better than Mel Kuyper's. We had 11. We had like nine. Mel Kuyper has to do – Mel Kuyper has to take chances. He has to put in a trade. He has to do that. That's what gets clicks. If, if I'm wrong and I come back here Friday or, excuse me, Monday – because we're going to do broadcast Thursday and Friday, and they don't have a cornerback, and they didn't take a deep tackle and all that, I'm fine. I'm not the GM. I just run a fast-paced radio show. That's it. So I want it to work. I just think that if the defense goes right, I'll have more, what's the word, ammunition. I'll have more ammunition to go on the radio this summer and tell everybody, I think the Raiders are going to be pretty good. I think the Raiders are going to be a 10 or 11 win team. Now, some people think I'm nuts because other people think they're going to go from six wins to five or six to seven. Not with this offense if they have a great defensive draft. If they don't have a great defensive draft, then I'll sit here and go, okay, there's only so much I can say. There's only so much I can say. So, again, I'm not worried about this. I hope I hope it works out okay. I've been through a lot of these drafts. I was the guy who read, read the Janikowski card when I started. And I'm the guy who's going to be in the building with Eric Allen tomorrow, hopefully having fun and having a good time. So here's the deal I want to tell you all. If I see at the Raiders draft party that they're doing for season ticket holders, club seat people, whoever's going to be there, great. If not, I will see you at the Black Hole party. Go to theblackhole.com and get your tickets. That's going to be fun. That's at the top of Ghost Bar at Palms. I haven't been there in years. Years. I'll be up there for that one. Drinking a Modelo. I feel like it's Friday, Bobby, and I deserve a bucket of Modellos for this show today. Thanks to all of our guests who are fantastic today. Q from Kansas City. What a show he's going to have. I'll put that on in my backyard for a little backyard brick. Great job, Bobby. We'll see you tomorrow from the Raider facility from 3 to 5 p.m.